Welcome everyone to Four Guys in a Comic Interviews. Today we have none other than Mr. Ken Marcus. Uh, Ken is a writer for a hilarious comic book called Superhuman Resources. Ken, thank you for being on the show tonight. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. So, uh, Ken, for those out there not familiar with you, maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so, yep, I'm the writer of a comic book called Superhuman Resources, and it's published through Action Lab Entertainment. And um, our first volume was actually published like six-ish, six seven years ago through Ape Entertainment, who is no longer uh, in business. But um, a lot of other people went over to Action Lab, so I'm happy to be there. Um, in my day job, I'm a writer in advertising. Uh, I do a lot of like Geico commercials, so I'm probably most famous for like that Hump Day ad. Uh, it's probably the most well-known thing I've ever worked on. But all those commercials that are like, it's what you do, I work on those. So it's a, it's a fun day job. That is cool. That's really cool, man. Oh, a little bit of echo. Not every day, but most days. Is cool. yeah. I in my work in the office I'm at, that Hump Day ad was all over the place last year. It was everywhere <laughs> yeah. I turned, I had people screaming Hump Day at me. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably haunting. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. It's catchy. It works. Yep. So between all the commercial stuff and all the uh, Geico work and all that, how do you find time for comics? I don't find a lot of time. Um, so this this volume has only been four issues. Kind of has been in the works for four or five years. It's just there's times I go months for a time without working on it, and then there's times I work on it a lot. And my artist, a guy named Armando Zanker, was very reliable. I, w- I was the one that was pretty unreliable. Um, but our publisher, Action Lab, is pretty smart about you have to finish the whole series, the, the mini series, four issues before you can solicit the first. Because as you know, there's a lot of comics, especially in indie comics. Or something solicited, and you never see uh, the second or third issue. So uh, all four issues are done and are ready to print. So um, I had to make sure everything was done before we uh, solicited the first one. Very cool. So, the, what I guess came what what inspired I guess this book because it's very much superheroes mixed in with like The Office, mixed in with Animaniacs, mixed in with Drawn Together. I mean, it's just all these crazy elements all kind of blended into one. So I guess kind of what inspired you and, and came up with this idea? Um, you know, I, I'm a longtime comic fan, and, and I sort of realized, like, I kind of want to write a comic, but I know I can't do what, like, uh, the, the, the guys I'm fans of and, and ladies I'm, I'm a fan of doing. So I wanted to do something that I feel like I could do myself, and um, I'm definitely a a fan of like animated shows like Venture Brothers or Archer or Simpsons. And uh, um, I feel like I I could play in that medium um, and and do something fun. So, um, and so the idea of uh, Superhuman Resources, it just was a catchy name kind of popped in my head. And I always like to think about what's all this, you know, I just like to think of these guys as coworkers and, and stuff that happens all the time that we take for granted in comics. It's like, you would just it would be like every day, just like being possessed and turning evil. That happens all the time. So what? What if? The, I mean, it happens every other week. So what if that's like to deal with it from that perspective of like it's no big deal that um, our planets are about to collide, or it's no big deal that I've been possessed by uh, uh, some demon overlord. Like I just like that idea of like what would it be like day to day as a mundane job to work alongside superheroes? That's exactly what I was. Uh kind of getting i mean like when i was reading it it was really relatable like that and i mean that was just something that was there but you were talking about how uh other comics and stuff what are some comics that you pulled inspiration from well you know there's some um you know there's just like all these i mean there's a lot of stuff i'm ripping off honestly i mean just clear like um swamp thing 
Batman analogs. Uh, there's a clear um, Starfire analog. Um, you know, I'm, I was a big DC Marvel person. I still am. There's there's definitely an Infinity Gauntlet thing in there. There's like a Watcher thing. There's a, a little uh, shrunken city of Candor makes an appearance in some way. So there's all these little things that, but basically they're kind of like, what would they be like around just an office? Um, uh, as far as specific stories, I can't really think of anything, but there's always, you know, I kind of turn on its ear this idea of meeting your future self in, in the first volume. And, you know, it's a big X-Men thing and like being, you know, teleported to a, a future, um, you know, uh, or backwards into a, a different time. Um, so there's all these little cues I picked up uh, reading um, comics along the way, but nothing like specific story wise. But there's definitely a lot of familiar stuff. So uh, when you were younger, what were some of the first comics that you got into, and how'd you get into comics? Well, I remember the thing that just kind of lit me up was just Secret Wars. I remember like that blew my mind. Like, oh, there's all these, you know, like that's the guy. That was the first thing I got my head around, like a shared universe. Like, oh, X Men and Avengers and Iron Man and Spider Man are all in the same comic, and then that for some reason just lit a fire under me, and I got into Marvel huge and. Um, I definitely got into DC later, but, um, you know, I, I was a big X-Men person. Um, I love Spider-Man. Um, and then as I got a little older in my twenties, I definitely start following writers more. Um, I'm almost, um, uh, I kind of believe any writer can do any character well. So I started just following writers. I like, uh, like Grant Morrison. I'm huge into him. Warren Ellis, uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick, Matt Fraction, uh, Garth Ennis. I just, you know, I generally follow writers Kind of going to the the art side of your book, Superhuman Resources. I noticed I obviously I had the pleasure of reading volumes one and two, and I cannot talk enough about them. Everyone, please go out and check out these books; they're hilarious. But um, I noticed in volume one and volume two, the art was very different uh, between the two books. Now, did you have different artists, or did that was it the same art? So you said the books were like six or seven years apart. Yep. So actually, um, the first artist, a guy named Justin Bleep, that's not his real name, uh, but he was a Randomly, he was like an EDM DJ, and that was his name, so kind of use that as his art name. Uh, he's actually the series, well, he's still credited as the series co-creator, since he kind of helped me create a lot of characters and design. Um, so he's still a creator, and he still does the covers for Volume 2. He, he, he did four covers for us. Um, he, he He's a funny story, because we would do like comic conventions for Volume 1, and he hated comics. Like He hated conventions. He's like, oh, I hate these people. He's like, he hated doing sketches, and... Like, he just didn't like it. I'm like, well, you're in the wrong business because clearly, uh, you know, you have to like comics if you're going to do indie comics. Uh, you have to sort of love it. He just wasn't into it. But it was weird. Like, we'd go back to the hotel room. He had all these crazy Legos, right? He was really into Legos, these huge Lego dioramas. I don't even know what he did. Uh, so his dream was to work for Lego, and now he does. He works in Denmark as a, a designer for Lego. So it was oh, kind of wow. cool. Oh, that. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of cool that you know most people dream about getting the comics. He dreams something else. So, but he's still very supportive of the book. We're still very friendly, and um, like I said, he he's done covers for our uh, our second volume. Uh, my new artist is a guy named Armando Zenker. I met him through our, my editors at Ape. He had done some licensed stuff for them, like Richie Rich and Casper, I believe. Um, he uh, did some stuff for the Middleman comic. Um, so I just hooked up with him and he, he's great. He, he's a little bit more like classically animated feel. He kind of looks like a J bone or player versus player vibe. He's definitely more, um, the other guy was a little more experimental, I think with anatomy and line work. Um, I think Armando is a little more traditional and like animated style. Did you ever see this book or potentially see this book becoming maybe uh, a cartoon series, so to speak? 
I could definitely see something like this on like Adult Swim or Comedy Central. It's funny. It's funny because like there was like a week in my the first volume that like some some production company was interested, you know, and and uh, I was doing calls. One of the guys, was an executive producer on Futurama, was interested, and so everyone's like, "Oh, you gotta get yourself an entertainment lawyer." Blah blah. So it was like a week or two. I thought something was gonna happen. This was years ago. Of course, nothing happens. And every once in a while, like we do a call and. And, um, you know, uh, nothing ever happened. I actually talked to the guy at William Street, who, who's a big production company behind um, Adult Swim. And, and he was really cool. He was like, yeah, this could be a show, but um, uh, you got to go make it. So it just gave me a, an insight into how shows are made. So there's no, like, his whole thing was like, there's no idea that's so great we're going to just hand you a bunch of money to make a show. You have to make your own show, you know, get your own financing, make it, and then we'll buy it. You know what I mean? Like, so unless you have financing to do it. So it was, like, really kind of cool how they look at things from, from their point of view. They're like, we have a stack of great ideas. We have a stack of scripts and pilots that are they're great ideas. Um, and, and yours could be a great show. we got 20 more like it. Uh, so if you want to make it a show, you have to make it yourself. I thought that was pretty interesting. That said, I think DC is doing a, a, a show, a live action show on NBC. It's a very similar concept, like working with superheroes. I think it's called like Powerless, I think. It's a, like they're an insurance company, kind of like um, Damage Control. Um, I honestly don't get that worked up about like other shows being similar. Um, I saw my wife sent me a link to a book on Slate that had a similar concept. And the idea of superheroes in comics, I mean, in, off, in workplace comedy is not a huge stretch to make take two popular things the office and avengers and smish them together it's not a hard leap to make but i like to think i'm doing something completely different like how i'm doing it and um and honestly uh i don't i'm just thrilled to be in a comic store like the biggest thrill for me is to walk into a comic store and see my comic on a shelf like that's all i'm in it for Uh, and so uh that you know um, i think there's a thing in the industry where like being a show is an ultimate sort of um arbiter for success and for me i just i love comics i'm happy for it to just be a comic so there was like a six or seven year or so hiatus between volumes one and volumes two uh and i know volume two is um about to drop here i think at the end of this month right into april um it'll be so it's in previews now uh so the the, the reprint will be in may and uh i think it's the third week in may and then the first issue of uh, um will be uh mid-june okay so, but the reason I'm doing all my press now is like, you know, for indie comics, it's super important that people ask their retailers for it while it's in previews. So, um, otherwise, and, and just my luck, like our comics coming out like the same month, like Civil War Two and like Rebirths yeah. coming out. So it's like you got it's gonna be a crowded shelf, you know. Well, I will definitely do our part in trying to help you out as much as I can and see about getting you into some local shops around here because it, it's a phenomenal book. It's absolutely hilarious. I, uh, I can't, like perfect. I said, I can't speak enough about it. Um, I think I appreciate it. Do you have plans already? Because it's four issues each volume. Uh, do you have plans for future issues, or you get, is it going to be another potential hiatus in between? Or I hope not. You know, like kind of. I had like young kids and the job change and stuff kind of got in the way. And, and if I'm being blunt with you all, like you know, doing comedy is hard when you're not in a great mood, and you know, when uh, you have to be sort of in a certain mood to write it. So um, you know, sometimes the months would go by, I just wasn't in the mood for it. Uh, but no, I'm hoping, you know, I, I, generally with Action Lab, what, I, what I've, a pattern I've seen is if a comic does pretty well, they'll, they'll do it as a, make it as a monthly or, or semi-month, like every other month title. So I'm hoping if it does well with orders, 
uh, we can maybe look and go monthly or every other month. Oh, that would make my year. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. No, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it would. No, I was actually re- I, like, that's the thing though. Whenever we had to do this, um, start the call uh, with you, I was actually reading all the way up to it, and I was like, oh, dang. Cramming. Yeah, no, not just cramming. I was like, I was really into it. I was like going and going, and I thought for a second, I was like, man, I wish I had like thirty more minutes to finish reading. <laughs> <laughs> but I get to talk to the man behind it himself, so that's even cooler. Well, I, I have to admit, uh, in reverse, that I was I was cramming. I was listening to some of your podcasts before this, so. <laughs> <Right now. laughs> so which ones were you listening to? Um, I was listening to the one actually, the Matt Hawkins. I, I saw a uh-huh. clip of that, and um, uh, who else was the other guy you talked to? Um, I forget, but I was just kind of cramming. Yeah. So. That's cool. Well, we got a rebirth coming up of our own on May oh, yeah. 7th. So, oh, yeah, yes. we're, we're completely changing a lot of stuff up. So May 7th will be a, a new rebirth for us. So a mystery right now. Yeah, it's a mystery. I got to ask real fast. Yes. Okay. What? Where do you see, you know, the future of you in comics? Um, You know, I, I would be happy just in my own little world doing more superhuman resources. I mean... It's a pretty wide open flat platform. I can kind of do whatever I want in it and do what any character I want. So I feel like there's more a little fun to have in that world. Um, I'm, I'm sort of lucky that I don't, I don't feel the need that I want to like. I have friends that are in, in the business who have done pretty successful indie books, and they just have to beg to do an eight-page backup on a big two title and, I, and like jump through all these tubes for editors. And I have no interest in that. And um, So I'm happy to just do my own little thing and – um, like I said, I'm just thrilled to be in comic stores and on comicsology and do conventions. I, I don't feel the need that I, I have to make this a career. That's cool. yeah. so, so, Ken, I got to ask you, what yeah. do you keep in your short box? Um, you know, I have to say, I'm, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm really going more to trades lately, this uh-huh. last year or two. Like, I found myself like liking books, buying the whole book in, in floppies and singles, and then rebinding it as a trade. I'm like, what am I doing? It's like, you're buying for everything twice. So lately, I've been really just doing a lot of trades. Um, I, I'm a big, I like to create our own stuff. I buy a lot of image titles. Um, like I said, I love Warren Ellis. I just got his injection. I like Rick Remender. I like his Deadly Class and um, Black Science. Uh, there's a book I just got from um, uh, We Can Never Go Back. We can never go home by Black Mask. I like that a lot. Uh, I just got the uh, the humans that bike monkey gang book. I think that's Image. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, I got a whole stack over there. I'm actually just reading. Uh, I Copra or Copra. Um, I just read that. I like that. So generally, I buy trades. Um, but I still get X Men. Um, I still get Walking Dead in, in month to month. There's a couple mm-hmm. comics I still get month to month. Um, like I said, if there's a good writer, I'll, I'll generally follow whatever they're doing. We have volume one now, and we, we've had volume two. You said you hope to start doing it uh, month to month and stuff. Would you ever consider, like, uh, who would be, say that you had to find a new artist or something. Is there some kind of dream artist that you wish you could work with on your own stuff? Uh, that's a good question. I love Sean Murphy. I want to work on my stuff, but I love him. For superhuman resources, you need a certain kind of person that's really good at uh, like expressions. Yeah, uh, I like J Bone. Um, I think who else would be good for this? I, I, I you know, it'd be awesome. This is it, Scotty Young. He'd be, yes, that's a good yeah, Scotty I Young. Could see, be I can see Scotty guy. doing this. He'd be awesome. Uh, there was a guy who actually did colors and did a cover for my first book called Joey Mason. He doesn't work in comics anymore, but he had a similar vibe. He's awesome. 
Yeah, but in that area of a, of a Scotty Young would be awesome. Yeah. That would be he seems cool. ideal for the, uh, yeah. the style of art. Yeah, that's, uh, it's, uh, I Hate Fairyland is awesome. Uh, it is. Yeah. It really is enjoyable. Gotta love Gertrude. Sam Ellis, his style, Adventure Time. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I could see something like that as well with it, too. Yeah, so it's, yeah that'd be great. Um, you know, since it took me so long to finish the second volume, I'm just trying to get through this. <laughs> I haven't even yeah. thought about more, but... Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. And uh, you guys probably picked up, but the difference between the two volumes is... I, I definitely say that I'm, I was kind of learning on the job a little bit with the first one. Like, the very first issue, there's literally no plot whatsoever. It's just kind of like joke, 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 setting, setting, setting. It wasn't until, I think, towards the end, in, in the second volume, I feel like I've got a better handle on a plot, and a story, and arcs, and so it works a little bit more like a normal comic without sacrificing the kind of opportunities for fun we can have. So um, I, was, I was definitely learning on the job a little bit. So, Kenny, plans or thoughts for a different uh, story or series other than uh, Superhuman Resources? Have there anything else in the back of your brain that you're thinking about putting down? I, I did have one good idea for a story, a little more all ages. It's kind of um, uh, a story about a cosplayer. Um, it, mm-hmm. Again, I'm, I'm sort of fascinated with this idea of like a real person juxtaposed in a superhero world. and It would be kind of funny to tell a story of a person that was a cosplayer in the superhero world. Yeah, I was just going to say, kind of going back to you said growing as a writer and things, I said you could in between volumes one and two you can definitely kind of see the growth and whatnot but don't don't show, sell yourself short on volume one it is still amazing i love both <laughs> volumes equally i like i said i can't gush enough about this book i was seriously <laughs> dying laughing as i was reading it um well, i'm, I'm very excited you, i'm gonna send you you're my new favorite person i'm gonna send you nude pictures of myself oh That's all. awesome but <laughs> you don't want no you don't want that. no i like i said i honestly can't gush about it enough it, it takes and like you said, you know, there's Infinity Island, there's Batman, and there's Swamp Thing, and there's all this stuff. But they're all, like, parodies and spoofs of these characters. So it's it's not like you're stealing these characters. So I don't want people to think that, like, when you say that, that you're, like, you know, stealing these. Because you're not. It's complete spoofs and parodies of them, which makes it so great. It's The Wombat's great. The peeper? <laughs> I don't think I laughed so hard as when I read that little that panel with the peeper. I lost it. Yeah. I was like, this is great. Yeah, I'm worried what happens if Marvel or Warner Brothers and lawyers get hold of this, but uh, yeah, no, it's fun. Uh, but I, you know, I hope even though I'm like definitely poking fun at a lot of stuff, I, I hope people can see that I still love comics. I don't want to be like comics are stupid. I mean, some things are about them are stupid, but I still there's like done with love, and um, they're still um, you know it's still done with love, and a lot of the stuff I'm poking fun at, I, I I secretly love. Yeah, I don't. I I didn't read it as you were you know, disrespecting it in any way. I think it was very much done from a, a place of love and, and comedy. So I think people understand that. Yep. Cool. And, and also was important to me is like, uh, you know, I, I was, you know, I, I like family guy fine, but I, I'm a big Simpsons guy. And I think the big difference is like, there's like a, there's a heart to the Simpsons and there's like, there's still, they're still a family and they still love each other. And it's not just about jokes. And I, I was always wanted my book to be, have some kind of heart and in, in something nice about it too, not just jokes. So um, that's I'm a I'm a huge Simpsons fan. So um, I kind of model that style off of that off of that show. Before we uh, wrap things up, Ken, is there anything that you want to mention or throw out there? Um, no, just what I said earlier about um, we're in our new volume is in previews uh, right now. So uh, I think we're in mid-April now. So if you and then you have a week or so until April 30th to tell your comic store about us, and and usually what happens is 
if you tell your store you want to order one, they usually order a couple more. So that's the best way to get the word out about indie comics is to tell your store. Um, we have a variant cover from Gabriel Hardman, which is awesome. He, he's he's great. He's a sweetheart and really super talented. Um, so yeah, uh, we're from Action Lab, and I'm, I'm thrilled to just be back in comic stores again. So, and I, I I completely appreciate your support. I do conventions, and I can't tell how many people come up to you and be like, "Oh, I heard you on this podcast," and it, it's neat to meet someone face instead of putting something out into the ether of the internet to you know put a, a voice and a face and, and meet someone in person is always great do you have any conventions that you're going to be coming up at that maybe people might be able to see you at yeah actually you it'll be the it'll be a week before our book is on shelves as heroes in um charlotte is a big one and we'll have a con exclusive uh it'll be our first actual place you can buy superhuman resources too uh so that's i think the third week in june and then I'll probably do Baltimore in New York Comic Con, which is more towards the end of the summer. Mm-hmm. Perfect, super cool. I'm bummed I didn't, I didn't uh, think about the uh, the one in uh, uh, in uh, what's it called in Norfolk? Is it in Tidewater? Norfolk? Tidewater Comic Con, yeah, May 21st. I, my, I would um, my trade would be out, but um, not the second one. So, and uh, yeah. like I mentioned, it's uh, I got to use my weekend chits very carefully with young <laughs> kids and a wife, so I can't go to every con. No, but maybe no. next year. That'd be yeah. cool. Well, if you ever make it up to the Midwest, I'm out here in the Midwest. You know, or you can come down south to Texas. Yeah, Austin. Midwest is more fun. You just want to come here. Nah, it's more fun. I have to ask, how did you all meet? How did you all get together this? <laughs> well, actually, yeah, this, um, the, there's a, uh, an app called Line App. Okay. And I, had a, uh, I was running a comic book uh, room in there. And mm-hmm. everybody was in it. And we were just kind of joking around one day about hey, why don't we get drunk and talk about comics one Saturday night? <laughs> and I'm like, well, let's take it a step further. Why don't we make it into a podcast? <laughs> so, yeah, well, we figured we it all out. I got the uh, the software for it, and we started recording. <laughs> yeah, so, and we've yet to get drunk. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. I'm, I'm thrilled you all read the book and liked it and, and wanted to have me on. So you made, you made my week. Well, oh, you made we're glad mine. to have you. It was fantastic to read. And I'm so happy that I got to get a copy of it. Yeah. So now I, after this call, I'm going to go finish it uh, because I I want to keep going, man. Well, I'm all you listeners out there, go pick this up. You're going to love it. Yes, and it'll be in Comixology soon as well. Sorry about the sirens. That's oh, LA. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I just killed a hooker, and I think they're on to me. So. <laughs> but Perfect. Well, thank everyone for tuning in and listening. This was uh, Ken Marcus and Four Guys in a Comic. Be sure to cop out Superhero Resources. Uh, It'll be on shelves May and June. It'll be in Comixology soon as well. Can't gush enough about it. It's a fantastic comic. It's hilarious. Go check it out.